Hey, we're recording episode one of Buddy Arizona Schnoodle Walks. So we're over here on a June 15th evening walking Buddy. He's a black little schnoodle. And I'm your host, Michael Ward, for these walks. Uh, it's uh, June 15th in Arizona. It's usually at uh, 6.30 in the evening. It's really, really hot. But we had a little uh, cold front come through, which for us means about 80 degrees. And uh, saying goodbye to Easton and AJ as they came over for a Father's Day Saturday to spend with us. And Oma Maggie out of Germany is here with us. She's uh, been living in the U.S. since 1959. An immigrant from Dusseldorf and other places in Germany. So here we are, Arizona, on the south side of South Mountain. Walking down a little hill, overlooking the Estrella Mountains. It's really pretty. And uh, I've been walking Buddy for a couple years now. And a lot of times I listen to podcasts when I walk. And uh, I thought someone told me that uh, they thought I ought to just start doing some podcasts. Of course, they didn't know I would just do some talking about walking my dog. <laughs> but there you go. I was also told by a, an Englishman that I have very nice dulcet tones. The man with dulcet tones, which I had to Google to look up what dulcet is. I believe it's D-O-L-C-E-T. So that's always good for a podcast. And the Irishmen uh, of the UK Packers, they, uh, they said I'm missing my calling. I have a great, apparently I have a great radio voice. So we'll see. So this is episode one. Walking down here with Buddy. Bud's a good dog. We walk him in the morning and the evening. This is an evening walk, and its skies are blue, light blue. Not, not, it's about 10% blue, mostly clouds scattered. Very pleasant. And again, like I said, June 15th in Arizona, as quite often can be 115 degrees at this point in which we would stay inside in air conditioning. And, uh, but we'll take this day. This is a beautiful day and we're fortunate to have it. And we're on uh, a certain spot on this big globe. Yeah, I'm a bit of a philosopher. I like to think about a lot of crazy ideas, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, this is just a local spot. I mean, a couple hundred miles from here, it's up in Flagstaff. You got uh, much, much cooler temperatures, totally different. Views, trees, greenery. This is the basin, as they call it, uh, about a thousand feet over sea level, but it's uh, kind of low. We got a lot of mountains in Arizona too. So you can drive a couple hours and cool off. And uh, there's even, even skiing in the wintertime. But here we are, and uh, Buddy sniffs out 
things and uh, it's a really good dog. He's about four years old. Schnoodle, which is the miniature schnauzer and poodle mix. Really cute dog. Love the beard, love the eyebrows. Just a really cute dog and uh, it's been really good for us. And man, he, uh, he does his business on his walk. So as long as we walk him twice a day, he does his business and we got the bags. So I'm sure he's gonna do some of that business cause he's, he's very regular. And uh, we'll do that. And um, if I did this anchor right, I probably had some intro music from uh, my favorite jazz saxophone player, Mindy Bear, And I chose uh, the song Bloom for intro. And I would like to, hopefully if I can get some bumper music on the way out, I'll select uh, another Mindy Bear song. Probably as good as it gets, which I one of my favorites as well. And uh, hopefully this podcast will continue to get better. But for today, this is as good as it gets, right? So, Bud, you're, what are you sniffing out here, buddy? He's sniffing out a little bushes here. And come on, let's go. We're not quite out of the community yet, and there's a little bit of a issue with uh, people getting in. So here we are in Arizona and we're putting in a, a freeway. There's a new freeway coming in and uh, we're bumped up on a, not uh, the community I'm in is bumped up on an Indian reservation. So there's a lot of wide open spaces and 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 looks, views, what have you, very spacious. And a little bit of my history, I'll delve into my Berlin experience, lived there five years. And you could, it was uh, 93 to 98, so you, the wall had been down for five years and um, it takes a while to bring East Germany back up to par with West. It's probably still going on, but definitely at the time, you could see the contrast just driving into the former east. So quite an enjoyable experience. And for me, um, Indian reservations <laughs> kind of remind me of East Germany because you go across the border and there's not much there. Lots of land, but no development, which is, which is great. I'm not making a judgment about what Indians should do with their land. I'm just giving you my observation, my, uh, my, what I've seen in my life, which maybe that, that's a good philosophical, could be a question. I mean, all, all of us probably base our opinions on our experience. So, uh, and unfortunately our experiences aren't always a good guide to opinionating, but uh, there you go. So, yeah, since I've been in Germany, the Internet's really exploded with apps and different things like, well, Facebook, of course, and Twitter is my when I get involved in a little bit. And uh, I kind of describe Twitter lately as kind of the, the modern version of the bathroom reader. You know, some of you may remember these books, little 
magazines you could buy for five bucks and you'd st sit it in your home bathroom so while you're doing your business you can flip through there and read something well now with a smartphone you can you don't need a bathroom reader you can you can share all your wonderful opinions with the world <laughs> so just go ahead and tweet so many of my tweets are what I call toilet tweets you know just I I don't know I mean if you're verbose and you can are full of words and ideas and opinions well I they come to me quickly and easily and they are what they are you know I people take this Twitter thing pretty seriously and and uh, I don't I usually laugh at it because I mean even you know if I, even if I'm having like a little bit of exchange today was a high volume exchange over um, a political topic and I basically I had fun with it I and I'm not going to convince anybody of my you know change their opinion but it's more of just sparring so I mean it's kind of like throw out a couple ideas while I'm filling a car up with gas you know laugh at the responses I get and then counter jab with uh, a few few more comments while I'm parking the car at the grocery store or one was at the uh, the Walgreens Walgreens for you people is a common drugstore chain in the US and uh, so you pick up prescription drugs there. So you got to wait. So whenever you wait, you just uh, do a tweet. Why not? So it's kind of fun. Send out a tweet hoping to aggravate the, the person you're talking with to, to get them to say something. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit lawyerly like, you know, you want, you want your opponent to say something so you can pick it apart. But I'm not too annoying on that because I guess I have a lot of grace. <laughs> to people <laughs> but, but it, it is kind of fun to throw out there some challenging alternative views and let them bite on it maybe it is like fishing maybe it's like some of you that love the outdoors I mean you know you bait the hook and throw it in the water and the internet has their versions of things like clickbait I'm not, I'm not trying to get clickbait I just I just like to see well how far can I push this person to they uh, go over the top or something? I don't know. So whoever I was sparring with, I don't know. They could be, who knows where they're from? That's the thing about Twitter. It's so funny. You really don't know who, who anybody really is. And, and then the big name people, the quote unquote famous or public figures, they quite often have paid people. They pay people to tweet for them because... It's basically a brand marketing thing for them, their personal brand, you know. So, which is wonderful, right? So, those people, they tweet, put something out there, their name shows up in the, twi the Twitter uh, scroll, and their name's out there. So, hopefully, they have a book to sell, um, some message they're trying to get across. And so, they just pay someone to tweet for him a couple times a day and and so I personally use a 
phony name and description, which is I find quite enjoyable. And I honest, I see nothing wrong with it. So some people will debate me. And that's the great, great thing about the podcast is nobody's going to debate me now because it's just me talking. So, um, yeah, so my opinion is strong that I don't care about whether someone, someone's real or not. In fact, the people you think are real probably aren't real. So what's the deal, people? Don't take Twitter so seriously. Tweet, say what you want, and go forward. And don't pretend like there's some kind of master rule about how Twitter should be, how, what, how you should relate to Twitter in your life. <laughs> there's always people that think they, they, uh, there's a proper way to do things in life. Well, there is when you're dealing in a personal relationship with somebody, a real relationship, when you're eyeball to eyeball and you're in their presence. But this uh, uh, social media, okay, you're going to get another opinion of mine. Social media. <laughs> I don't know who came up with it. Somebody came up with it. I don't, I don't need to ask who, but somebody came up with social media. And whoever did, I don't care. Now, what is it, social media? Well, it's not really, who knows what that really means. Because uh, to me, it just means any public person can throw out something in writing. You know, and, and it, could, it could possibly get public viewing. Whereas the newspaper media of the past, well, the, the newspaper was the medium, right? So social media, newspaper media is different. Print media, I suppose, as you'd call a newspaper. But I, I, this it's really not social media either because it's really quite impersonal kind of stuff that gets shared I mean even if you put a photo out on Facebook and show a celebration of a birthday anniversary graduation you know good things in life good events it's uh, still impersonal you may get someone commenting back unfortunately for us who who have a strong sarcastic vocabulary I don't know is is there such a thing a sarcastic vocabulary it's probably more like a sarcastic mind and uh, so there you go sarcastic mind um which my brain just went to a couple of thoughts one is i love the concept that we have like 30 30,000 thoughts a day i don't know it's some huge number right so um, I even I'm walking bud. I'm not I've done the bud walk for three years twice a day. I'll say 300 times a year Was that 600 almost 2,000 walks in a similar area around our house And it's fun buds good. I He probably doesn't he doesn't need me to talk to him <laughs> He doesn't he doesn't mind if I don't talk to him and I usually don't because I've been listening to podcasts and having fun like that. But Bud's doing the same thing today. This is the first time Bud's heard me speak so much. And uh, it doesn't seem to phase him at all. He's still, you know, sniffing around and 
uh, getting in the desert a little bit and he does that thing where he takes his feet and kind of like shakes the dust off his feet <laughs> which is a good old biblical reference but bud doesn't know that he's just a dog but he's a great dog he's not just a dog he's an awesome dog our dog is an awesome dog and some may recognize some music like that but we won't go there so back to the 30,000 thoughts a day. So yeah, with lots of thoughts. And in fact, the thought I had before that one I lost already. Maybe it'll come back to me. But I don't care, yeah. I just say, hey, remember folks, we all have lots of thoughts. So back to Twitter. Hey, somebody throw some tweet out there. I don't think people spend a lot of time thinking about what they're tweeting. And... Um, so don't take it so seriously. So what else? What else? I'm, uh, it's a bit humid, right? It's like 75% humidity, which is very rare for Phoenix. Um, just last week, we have humidities of like 4%, which is another one of my geek favorite subjects is dew point temperature. So, uh, your host, Michael Ward, that's me, uh, grew up in Chicago where it's pretty humid and cold, snowy in the winter and, and uh, hot and humid in the summer. But you get to Arizona and you hit a 4% humidity. It's really something to experience. I know they, they have it in Saudi Arabia and North Africa, I'm sure, and other places of the world. But this, this dry heat... It is amazing, and then if you dip in the water, you really feel what dew point temperature is all about. So dew point temperature is related to the amount of water in the air. So 100% humidity means the air is saturated with water, water vapor, and uh, saturated just really basically means 100%. You, at this air temperature, whatever it happens to be, 70, 80, 90, 110 degrees, there's only so much water that will um, vapor that can be in the air before it rains, right? That's kind of what rain is, is when um, the evaporation sucks up water up into the clouds and then it drops it out of the sky. Usually because the temperature up in the clouds could be 20 degrees, 10 degrees, which brings us to dew point temperature. So on a, most of you can relate to a glass of ice water on a summer afternoon. And if you put ice in a glass of water, ice is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So probably your glass of ice cool water is 40 degrees or something between 32 and 40, somewhere there, really cold. And water condenses on the outside of the glass. So, and that's where you, you stick your hand in the glass and it's all wet and you can probably drop it, break the glass, it's unpleasant. And you wonder, hey, why is my glass all wet? Well. That's because it might be 85 degrees in Chicago and 80% humidity and the dew point temperature is 70 degrees, meaning 
water in the air, the water vapor that's in the air, will condense on your glass um, when the glass temperature is below 70 degrees. So we're walking out here now. I got um, a family coming with a dog, a beagle, and a little boy in his cart. Howdy. 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 Nice day. There's the beagle. So this is a surprise, right? It's not supposed to be this cool. I know. Un it's a nice little reprieve. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, what? Just 48 hours, maybe. Right. Yeah. I think tomorrow's going to be 96, and then it's back to the back to the heat. Back to the heat. All right. You guys have a good walk. You too. All right. So there's a little beagle friend. No barking. Very well done. Good to have a dog. So I encourage you guys. Get a dog. Walk your dog. So back to dew point temperature. So Arizona, 4% humidity, 107 degrees. Dew point temperature is 30. Wow. That means you can have a glass of ice water that's going to be between 32 and 40 degrees and no condensation on the glass. It remains dry. It's cold. It'll be cold. And that 107 degrees will warm up your glass pretty quick, but you won't have any condensation on it. Now, let's get to the fun part. You jump in the water of a pool, and now our pool temperatures are up at 88 degrees Fahrenheit, which is probably at the top end of where you want to be, at least for me. Everyone's got their personal choices, but there you go. You jump in that water, and it cools you off and you're wet and you got water all over your skin and you get out of the pool and what happens is oh man that water starts evaporating off your skin and it effectively feels like very cold like you, you almost get chills and on some occasions you actually can get goosebumps and you, your brain is saying wait a minute and <laughs> before I jumped in this pool it was hot. It was really hot. I was really uncomfortable. And now I'm standing in the exact same spot, all wet, but I'm chilled and I'm really chilled. And, and it's that dew point temperature, that evaporative cooling effect that uh, you need to be in a dry climate to get. And it's fun. That's Arizona. So some of you listening who don't live in Arizona, that's uh, an experience you can have. Now, we don't recommend people come to visit Arizona between June 1st and September 1st because it's the most uncomfortable time of the year. So, but you may wonder what it's like, and it's, that's what it is. And uh, so you, what you can do is you can dip, dip in a pool, get out, and it'll last, the comfort level is, lasts about five to seven minutes and then you just dump back in the pool get out and you do a couple cycles like that and you can enjoy 30 minutes outside in 107 usually you don't want to sit direct in direct sunlight but you can enjoy it it's cool it's nice it's a nice thing so we say we don't shovel the heat we don't have to shovel it those of you who know the winters <coughs> wherever you are you get that lovely six, eight, ten inches, and 
regularly shoveling the driveway. So that's your inconvenient time. So for me, June 1st to September 1st is kind of like our winter. We're inside a lot and it's tough to walk the dog. So Buddy, our schnoodle, miniature schnauzer and poodle, 22 pounds. He's a good weight. Just uh, really enjoying the size of this dog. Never had one like this before and highly recommend the schnoodle. He's uh, really pleasant. Like I said, the beard and uh, the hair is just fun. And uh, there you go. <coughs> so, I think it was two years ago, I saw a snake out here, a rattlesnake. God, Bud got a little too close to it, but we were fortunate and blessed not to get bitten. And now on the ground here, I see some coyote poop. And coyotes are pretty common out here too, but they're, they're pretty fearful. <coughs> they don't really mess with you. And Buddy just like barks at him and he's big enough to, I mean, coyotes are bigger than he is and they probably weigh 40 to 60 pounds, but you know, they, they don't mess with the dog, especially if a human's with them. So that's, that's the coyote thing. Now I'm walking through a wash a dry wash. So, uh, and has uh, that, uh, some kind of mesquite smell right now because it's been damp. And we don't get that unless there's been some rain. So a really pleasant smell in the air. And the sun hasn't quite set yet. I think it's about seven o'clock and I think, you know, we don't change our clocks here in Arizona. So we don't, we don't stay light until 9.30 or 10 like some of you. But then again, we don't change our clocks in the winter and we don't, we stay light until about 4.30 to 5 is the darkest we get. So it's kind of a nice place to, to live there. Uh, more and more people move here. It's a pretty nice state. You just got to have nice air conditioning and, and figure out a way to handle the heat. So what else can I do on this podcast? So I'm, uh, I'm in the home stretch. We're, uh, we'll see what Bud does here. He, sometimes he likes to go his way and I like to go a little shorter way. So I'll have to try to steer him. And then sometimes we, he'll step on a thorn and I get to be a hero and pull the thorn out of his paw, which is fun. And uh, for you, listeners who might be anxious. He did poop already once. I got a little bit of poop and I'm down to my last poop bag. So I'm, I didn't tie it up yet and throw it away because there's a chance he's going to poop again. And that's, I'm sure you're very interested in that <laughs> as a listener. So back to dulcet tones. I, you know, I, uh, I think I could do talk radio. I, I don't, like a lot of talk radio because I think they're so political and I'm kind of tired of it, but I think a lot of people like to just listen to someone talk. And I don't want to, I don't know, there's sometimes I think people are so serious about different subjects. And yet I'd like to talk about interesting subjects, but I don't think I want to be so serious about it because my philosophy again is I'm jaded by my experience and jaded, I don't know, it's, you know, now I'm going to get into my distribution curve thoughts. You know, I, I have my 
views and I'm fairly, I don't know, entrenched on many of them, of course. But the, the point that I have is there's a, there's a whole distribution of people out there and uh, it's probably best not to be an outlier in opinions, but it's a good idea to be an outlier in something, right? So I kind of believe we're all gifted by God, our creator, with certain things. And, uh, you know, a lot of religious things that talk about, well, certain religions talk about how God wants to have a relationship with us. And what, you know, that's a quick and easy statement to make, but it's very, I find it very hard to articulate, well, what does that mean? I mean, it feels good to say it like, oh yeah, God wants to have a relationship with you. And one of my thoughts the last few months is that it seems that the churches I've attended, um, they kind of paint a picture that God is a judge watching what we do. And he, um, he's up there and, and quite often preachers will have an agenda and it seems well-intentioned and they want us to do stuff, you know, do, do works for, for God. And I think I'm starting to come to the conclusion that I think it's a wrong way of communicating. They're, they, they mean well, but back to this relationship with God concept. I mean, if we believe that and talk about it, how, how does it get experienced or lived out? And I think it's that God wants to do things with us. And it's a, it's a spiritual leap to some extent, but that's what faith is, that there, there is a God who created all this. I mean, you look, again, we're numb to it. I mean, you, 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 you take the same trip to work every day and it's the, you can do it and you just mindlessly drive there. So, but there's beauty everywhere if you look for it. And it, but it takes some kind of jolt or something to get us out of the, the routines, it's so easy just to put our mind in neutral. So, and do we want to think about what is this, what does it mean when someone says, well, God wants to have a relationship with you. And it all, to me, it comes across quite often that, 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 that the person articulating it already has some special relationship with God and they understand it. And that if I would just do what they did, then I would have this relationship with God. And they may not intend to communicate that, but it comes across that way. It comes across like, behave like I behave, believe what I believe, and then you're good. And I'm starting to think that, well, when I read the scriptures, which for Americans is typically the, the Christian Bible, which came over from Europe as well. And uh, 
thanks to Martin Luther for translating it once into German and then I think it was Tinsdale or something in English, but uh, now there's no lack of translations. But I read the Apostle Paul. I really enjoy him and he uh, is a very interesting person and he had a lot to say. A lot of it has to do with that relationship and um, it start, I think it starts there. So we don't need to be like each other. And, you know, there's also a lot of talk about the body, that we're different members of the same body. And yet we don't encourage enough diversity quite often. We, we go to what I feel, we go to a sermon and the messenger, deliverer of the message speaks and it to me it's almost like he's squeezing us into a distribution curve of normalcy or that we're all the same and I really want to start celebrating the diversity of people and encourage people to find their outlier gift and gifts so if we we so I've printed probably 1,500 sermons or 2,000 sermons in 40 years. So I've heard a lot of messages. And I, I think it's the numbness, like driving to work. You, you hear them over and over again. Different passages, different agendas, different people have different things. There's different events coming up in a couple of months. And so let's speak about this to encourage this behavior. And there's not a moment-by-moment living spiritual relationship with God. So there's uh, some people I've read that I respect. Uh, John Ortberg is one. And one of the books I've um, clung on to or appreciate a lot is God is Closer Than You Think. Highly recommend that. And he has 12 foundations of faith. He's just a good speaker, too. You can listen to him on podcast. So John Ortberg out of the Menlo Park area or Menlo Church now. Interesting guy, good writer, six or seven really good books, but God is Closer Than You Think is one of my favorites. And it reminds me of the living in the moment. So here it is, June 15th, heading home. I got about five minutes to to get there. I've been rambling on with my dulcet tones, just trying this out, episode one. And uh, <laughs> walking, walking buddy. So that's what it is. So outlier, outlier gifts. The listener, you, I don't know you. I don't need to know you. But what I do know about you is you have some special gifts. I don't know what they are. But every person's got some special gifts and they'll really enjoy life so much more when they recognize their gift and they're able to exercise their gift and they're doing it in what I call the great relationship. So you have gifts, life, we all have life. Don't know when it's gonna end. We're here in this moment, 
and uh, be an outlier. Find out where you're an outlier. Don't, unfortunately, I really think out of those 2,000 messages I've heard in churches, it's, uh, it's like conformance. I mean, where's the people shouting about, you're different. You know, we're different. And God loves the difference. He wa- if he wanted to have a relationship with us and we weren't different, how could, why would he want to have a personal relationship with all of us if we were all the same? He could just have a relationship with Moses, David, and be done. But he doesn't. He created us. And uh, perhaps a theological concept is the, the garden. And we're booted from the garden. And so, so much preaching is on sin and decreasing sin or don't sin. And that is also changing my mind. I just think flat out we are sinners. We have that sin nature. We're kicked out of the garden. That's who we are. So we're stuck because that is our condition. And the story is that we were kicked out of the garden so that we wouldn't eat of the tree of life and be stuck in this condition forever. So death entered the world. And as a person of faith, for me, I'm not afraid of death anymore. I mean, sure, I don't want to, it's going to be unpleasant, whatever it is, the end. But again, the mathematics again, outli- a little bit on outliers, but infinity is the future. And we're going to be renewed. And Paul talks about the new life. And it's, it makes sense that we're cursed my knee hurts, but I'm still walking, buddy. My body's wearing out. And uh, podcasts are true true confessions. This is the truth. So there you go. And um, walking up the hill, a little bit moist. And um, outlier, I'll close out here with my favorite saxophone player, Mindy Abier. So Mindy just, I don't know what it is, 2005, six, seven age. He just had these great jazz albums with saxophone and they just, they just moved me. I just enjoy them. And she occasionally sings with them and that's not bad, but it's the, it's the, the music, the melody, the Whatever it is, is just so uplifting. And um, uh, a couple of songs like Remember and As Good As It Gets, there's no singing in it, but I can almost feel this singing through the saxophone of the, of the, the message. And it's very good. And I would say musicians and artists keep working at their gifts and become outliers. And uh, I've had the opportunity to see Mindy twice in the last year in concert and great entertainer. And she's been doing it for 20 some years and she's mastered her outlier gift of playing music. So 
all of us. I don't know what my outlier gift is yet. I mean, I'm, it's okay. I mean, what is my outlier gift? And I'm, I, um, taken personality test type things, disc, disc assessment and Myers-Briggs, which I, you know, they're not the answer. It's hard to relate to those things and we'll possibly get into those in future podcasts about those results I have and how I relate to those results. But it still comes down to outlier and relationship with God. There's no magic formula for me. I don't see a magic formula, but I'm trying to take the handcuffs off myself and not try to be like somebody else and not try to please someone else. And I think we should all do that. And it's a way of demonstrating the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and self-control, which I don't measure up highly on any of those. And that's okay, but I'm working towards it. And when I'm in the flow or zone, as some a lot of people say, I will likely display more fruit of the spirit because I'll be more consistent with who I am. So here's Buddy. We're almost home. I'm going to have to wash his paws out. And uh, he's a great dog. So Bud has been a great comfort during some stressful times the last few years. And uh, he, we uh, hope he's with us for another eight or 10 years. And he's just an awesome dog. So <laughs> our dog is an awesome dog. So with that, episode one, Michael Ward on Anchor, and we shall end it right here. Thanks, everybody. Good night.